your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Coach Dick Vermeil, who will be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame tomorrow, and uh, we're going to start off the show with the coach. Good morning, and thanks for stopping by. Hey, my pleasure. I would never miss an opportunity to be with you, too. Well, you're, you're the best, and uh, first I want to ask how things have gone since you've landed in Canton. It's been really good. You know, we've had some issues with people not getting tickets and that, but I think that's all behind us right now, and uh, uh, it's going very well. Last night was a lot of fun. They... They took all our class, our eight people, and especially the, you know the six guys going in. That uh, they took us to the bus room with all the Hall of Fame players, the alumni that are already in town, and then uh, and, and a few of the guys got up and spoke and everything. And it was really one of the most touching experiences I've ever had. I can imagine because yeah. you you have such a great history in the game. One of the things that I wanted to ask you, and I don't think I ever have, when you got that job at Hillsdale High in 1960, you weren't dreaming of being in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but what was your objective? What did you want to do with your career when you started that job? I wanted to be a head football coach in high school and make $12,000 a year. <laughs> I started out at 5600 you know, but that was what my wife and I, Carol, would say, God, if we could ever make a 1000 dollars a month we'd be rich and that was it in fact the captain of that high school football team is in the lobby right now sitting down there having breakfast wow. that's uh, amazing Bobby that's great. Yeah, five of us five of the other lineup guys are here well has that sunk in for you that that was the objective to be a high school football coach make twelve thousand dollars a year and here you are getting ready to be inducted into the pro football hall of fame well you know what happened to me is each time i went on the practice field uh I got more excited about teaching it and learning more about it. Started going to football clinics. And each time I was either in a classroom or teaching a PE class, it wasn't nearly as stimulating. I was thinking football, how to run off tackle, how to organize my defense. Because on the varsity, I only had one assistant. So uh, it was all you're thinking. And uh, I, I got so, I, I geez, you know, maybe someday I could be in a position where I could only, all I had to do was coach football. Yeah. So you have a great work ethic, Coach Vermeil. I was reading so much about you in preparation for this weekend, and I was reading about those 18-hour days in Philadelphia. I know how much you put into your craft. Where did you get that work ethic from? My father, my dad. You know, the garage was 25 yards next to the house, slightly behind it. I always say it's about two first downs back. And, uh, <laughs> and I grew up when I was old enough to start working in the garage. So did my brother, who's 11 much younger. And, uh, you know, and I just, you, when you watch a man get up every morning and go to work, come in, eat his lunch, put his cap back on all greasy and dirty and go back and go to work, eat dinner, go back and go to work. Uh, person's car is not finished at six o'clock time to eat, bring the person who you're working on his car and come in, sit out at your dinner table, eat, go back out, get his car so he could get home or, or go do what he does to make a living. You know, it really, it leaves in a, an example that just leaves an unbelievable impression on your mind. 
and uh, just uh, that's you know life, that's what life was all about. And my dad was a high school football player, and he always he always felt that football taught him how to do his job and be be held responsible. And he thought it was critical that it was mandatory that we play football in a little town of a hundred, you know. 1,800 people, but he, it was mandatory because he thought he could teach, it could help teach us the lessons of life. And uh, so it, it grew from there. And certainly a hallmark of your teams. And you had to, when you got to Philadelphia and you had no draft choices and you didn't have a lot of players, you had to have hard workers, right? Well, you, you, you knew that you had to develop people that weren't supposed to be as good as they were drafted or college free agents. Herman Edwards was a college free agent, okay, and other players on that team. And then what you had to do, the few real good players you had, Harold Carmichael, who went in the Hall of Fame last year, the Bill Burgess, these kind of guys, you had to get them to buy in, trust you, because the great players can positively influence the other kids if they see that they're working, then there's a, somebody to look up to and be like him, you know. And uh, it, it just kept growing, and you kept learning and adjusting your philosophy to make it work. But that whole team was built by a great coaching staff, Marion Campbell, Fred Bruni, Dick Corey, these Kenny Iman from St. Louis guys, <laughs> these kind of guys, uh, you know, George Hill, Chuck Clausen, both Buckeyes. Uh, they, they did a great job. You know, fortunately for me, I took a couple of those kids, three of those guys off that team and made them football coaches. They were in St. Louis. Remember John Bunning? Remember yep. Carl Harrison? Remember yeah. Wilbert Montgomery? They're all here. Carl could not come. But uh, you uh, get to know them so well, you know that they will transmit your thinking, your philosophy, because they really believe it to everybody they touch. Yeah. I was just thinking about all the different people who have been important to you and contributed to your career that are going to be in one room together to celebrate you this weekend. That has to be a pretty special thing to be able to look across the oh, room and, and see people from different phases of your life yeah. that, that helped you get here. No question. Number one's Carol. We've been married 66 years. And like I will say in my speech tomorrow night, the best way to define her is she has no equal as a coach's wife. And my players will tell you that. Mm -hmm. The coaching staff will tell you she fed them all. You know, I just saw Isaac Brooks, you know, in the lobby. And she know he knows, you know, they know her. And uh, in fact, a lot of them used to say, "I can't see how Saint Carol could live with you all these years." <laughs> <laughs> Dick Vermeil is going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame tomorrow. Okay, I want to find out about burnout because I get the sense, Coach, that that had an effect on a lot of other coaches because I don't think people. It's my impression that people didn't understand that they were burning themselves out. Yeah. And then you have to retire because of it. Do you feel like, or do you talk to other coaches about it, mm -hmm. that maybe oh, things yeah. changed after that? I've had some major, I won't give you their names, major head coaches and their wives call wow. me. Now, the coaches didn't know their wives were calling me. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, when you allow your passion to become an obsession, you can end up in a little bit of a trouble. And I did that. And there was no need for it, but it was just my own insecurity. I was always a little concerned I wasn't doing quite a good enough job. And uh, the way I was raised, my dad was a, a conflict in philosophy. He was a tough son of a gun and a tough guy. And, and everything had to be perfect. And there was no gray no, blah, it was this. And uh, it was hard to meet his standard. Yet, if we broke a window in the house, he might put a piece of cardboard in it. You know? <laughs> but it was a, a direct conflict. conflict. But I, I think uh, I was always uh, a guy. In fact, I went and got help after I 
left, and the guy said, the number one problem you have is I study you and work with you over a year. He says, is you don't know how to accept a compliment. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's hard you know? for people. Yeah. He says, you don't know how to accept it. He says, if someone tells you you're not very good, you believe him. But if someone tells you you've done a great job, you don't believe him. You've got to learn to believe him. You know what's interesting yeah. is you use the word insecurity. And I was telling Michelle before you came in here. I had more fun covering your Rams teams than I think any team I've ever covered Thank in you. any sport. Thank you. Because you uh, uh, you wanted everybody, us in the media. I, I, we were talking uh, to uh, Trent Green. We're going to hear from him later in the show. John Knetzer, I don't know if he told you this. He told me Dick, Dick Vermeil is the greatest man I ever met. His, he's the facilities manager. Yeah, at Rams, I, Rams I invited him. I couldn't get him to come. Really? I couldn't so, get a hold of him. But you had everybody pulling the rope in the same direction, and you were so secure that you had no trouble with Randy Carrick or Jim Thomas walking down the hall talking to your assistant coaches or your players. Yeah. Well, as I matured and learned, I in, in, uh, I increased my vo- vocabulary of understanding certain things. And I gradually learned, especially when I came back to St. Louis. I'd been out of coaching 14 years. Mm-hmm. I was not prepared to be an offensive coordinator anymore, coach, call my own plays, be the quarterback coach. So I knew what I had to do. And I started thinking, well, the number one thing I have to do in the St. Louis Ram organization is synchronize the thinking of everybody in this building. Anybody that comes in here, I want them leaving thinking uh, they're a ram. And and this is how we're going to do it. Not by being a tyrant or a demanding thing, but sell them on a philosophy, sell them on an attitude, sell them on an approach, and let them know you care. That's a wonderful thought process, but harder to actually act out. It's harder to put into practice, especially when you have professional athletes yeah. who historically might have a little bit yeah. of egos. Oh, they had some. We had some. And stars, no less. Yeah. So how did you get them to put the ego aside and think about the team as a collective? Well, I, I think you've got to be a good example yourself. You know, if someone gives you great advice as a young person and a lot of theories, sooner or later you forget that. But if you continually see a good example, you never forget it. Mm. You never forget it. I go back to my dad and other friends in my life. I just never forgot what I saw them doing. And so I tried to be a good example. If you, your team will not be what you are not. Mm-hmm. In fact, your family will not be what you are not. So I, I tried to do that. And pretty quick, you see people around you reflecting everything you talk about. All of a sudden, someone is, I hear someone interviewed and he's saying things that I would say. You know, so, you know, and Jimmy Johnson, not too long ago, I read, said, you know, you're doing a good job as a leader when the people interview the guys in the locker room and they're saying the same things you would. (laughs) Well, what was that moment for you? When did you know, I think that I've got everybody pulling the rope the same way. All of this is working. I felt it coming the second year. I felt it gradually coming. In fact, I think I've told you guys this before, Randy, that that one time I called John Shaw. I sat him down in the room, showed him some films, fundamental films. I said, Randy, this team's really getting better. There's a lot of little fundamentals that are getting better. You know, I think it's going to be a playoff football team. And he said to me, you know, Coach, he says, every coach I ever had has told me that. He <laughs> says, I don't want to hear it. I said, well, I, I, really, I really believe that because you can see it by what you see on film and how they talk to each other in the locker room. And uh, we were talking about this coming over, Frank Salone and myself, uh, uh, bad examples can really, especially good player bad examples with a little arrogance can really be a negative in a locker room. Really be a negative. Because they're with you more. They're with their players more than they're with you. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And where do they go after practice? Maybe they go have a beer and they're sitting there talking. So you've got to make sure that you know who they are and be willing to give up. You know, one of the, the toughest cuts I ever made in my coaching career was their number one draft choice in Lawrence Phillips. I still feel bad about it. And I'd like to think I could have done a better job with him. You know, but that sends a message when the best football player in the team is no longer there five games into the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Because he wasn't reflecting what I wanted in that locker room, you know, and it, it, uh, it bothers me to think about it. And the special they did on him uh, is what we're talking about, Lawrence Phillips. The special they did him on television is a spectacular show. I've had a lot of people see it that tell me. But uh, when, when you can recognize problems, you attack the problem, not the person. Sometime you have to attack the person. Everything you say is so logical and should be applied in every line of business, whether it's a bank or an insurance industry or, or the radio. It, <laughs> your, your principles will work everywhere. Well, thank you. You know, I, I really enjoyed the speaking to companies. I really enjoyed it. I don't get many opportunities anymore. I'm a has-been. but uh, <laughs> You're uh, a Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I, I can't tell you how many times a CEO of a major company would come up to me after my presentation say, will you stay, stick around a little while after a while? Sure. And sit in the room and listen to him talk. And I've heard him say, you know, they pay me a ton of money to do this. And I would no more do this every day the rest of my life if it wasn't, they weren't paying me so much money. <laughs> if you only doing your job because you're paying you a lot of money, you're not doing it well enough. <laughs> hey, Coach, how much pride do you take in all of the players that you had? And you've got a lot in broadcasting, but Kurt is coaching kids down in Arizona. Yeah. Tori is in North yeah. Carolina. Mike Jones in yeah. St. Louis. You, you've got so, you, you had so much impact. And every time I talk to those guys, I say, how much of what Coach Vermeil coached do you take into your coaching? And they say, every day, I think, about yeah. something that Coach said. How much pride do you take in that? I take a lot. I've got one player in Houston named Roy Neal Young, who was my first first-round pick in 19 – no, second first-round pick in 1980, good corner, that's built his own high school with no money. He started from scratch. Wow. Now he's building low-cost housing, and he can't be here because he just had his back operator on. What he has done in, in a community that really needed outside of Houston, no football player in the history of the National Football League has done. I get frustrated because I can't get anybody to go in and really tell the story. Now, if he beat up his wife or bet on a game, you'd read it all every day. Mm -hmm. But to go do what he has done in the black community, no NFL football player has ever done what he's done. And he had no money. Okay. Remarkable. Yeah, remarkable. And and a a great story. And, again, a guy who played for Dick Vermeil. And I'm sure that there's things that he took from you that every day he applies to every day. I've been there. When I would go to Houston to do wine business, he would come and help with my wine business, yeah. Roy Nell Young, the place is called Provision. That's how he started. And his story is how he started it is remarkable. It's just, it's unbelievable how he started. We got to get that story told. Yeah, yeah. we do. And, um, Coach, every time we talk to one of your players, the first thing they talk about is Dick Vermeil, the man, not Dick Vermeil, the yeah. coach. And Kurt Warner says your superpower is your heart. And everybody yeah. talks about the way that you cared for them as people. And part of that is that you weren't afraid to be emotional or vulnerable with your players. And I always find that so interesting because with men, and especially in athletics and especially in football, that's not really the narrative. It's all about toughness and. I think that you set a great example of how being vulnerable 
can it can show emotional toughness in a yeah. different way. What was that like for you? Because not many leaders of men, especially in the NFL, were willing to, to care as much about people as you did. Well, you know, I learned in high school how important it was to really show that you care. Now, I've always been an emotional guy. It's just, it's just me. So, And I gradually learned just to be who you are. And it, But it used to really bother me. It really, I, I would fight myself, and I would tell myself, before a certain situation, don't get emotional. Carol would say, Dick, don't get emotional. And I would try, and it would, it would affect me negatively. And, uh, it, and I gradually gained enough confidence to just be myself. One night, 60 Minutes is on, Sunday night, 7 o'clock, years back. Barbara Walters is interviewing General Schwarzkopf, one of our great generals. And she says, I understand that you're an emotional guy and, you know, in your career. And he said, yeah. And she, he said, you know what? He says, Barbara, I, I never worried about those guys that cried. I worried about those that didn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He says, because I knew they cared. I knew they cared. Yeah. You, know, you can't manufacture those feelings. I have teared up 15 times in the last two days. I just teared up when I saw... Bobby Christopherson in the lobby, Larry Clerical and his wife and their older son is in, you know, Larry Clerical and Jennifer were, they're my video people. Okay. And they're, they're, we're very, very close friends. Okay. Very close friends. And, uh, you don't have to be the quarterback. You don't have to be the running back. You could be John Knetzer. I, you know, I'm disappointed. I couldn't get John. I couldn't get him. I couldn't get him on left messages and everything else. But anyway, uh, People touch me that really care about you, and if you care about being cared about, uh, they care about you being cared about them. You know, it's it's and it uh, it permeates a locker room. Mm-hmm. It permeates a building. It. Yeah, and people say, "Well, you can get too close to your kids." No question, but I've cut kids in tears that I had to let go. You know, because I'm going to do my job. That's my yeah. responsibility. But anyway, that's what I am. I've already I understand there's odds on how long it'll be before I start. Crying. <laughs> <laughs> hey, two more quick ones. Number one, uh, and this is so out of your personality, but in a minute, can you tell us about the guy that you cut off the field in Philadelphia? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, when I was young and a high school coach, a junior college coach, a college coach, I was my own head coach. I was my own offensive coordinator. I coached everyone. I, I worked the hell out of my coaches and everything else. And I was a lot more intense as a personality and emotional. And uh, this guy was a free agent guard. And my best football player is Wilbert Montgomery. Seventh round draft chess, Abilene Christian. He'll be here. You know, I made a football coach out of him. Yep. You know, one thing you do as a leader, when you recognize character, you can predict he's a Hall of Famer. You, you get him covering you. You, you get him out somewhere next to you. Well, anyway, we run a trap play that Wilbur's going up the middle. Live set you in, on a hot double-day practice. He pulls the wrong way, turns the defensive tackle. It's hot tempo right down the throat of Wilbert Montgomery. I blew my stack, and I yelled for Carl Peterson, Carl, get this guy's ass off this football field now. I don't want to ever see him again. Okay. And I remember turning around and looking back, and he's walking off the field, throwing his helmet, his jersey, his shoulder pads. And all, you know, I feel bad about it now. I wouldn't do it today. But that's how intense I was. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, two weeks later, I'm doing my Thursday night Dick Vermeil TV show 
which was the first night I go home during the season. Mm-hmm. And Carol says, let's stop and have a beer. I said, she came to meet me at the radio show, at uh, the TV show. It was 10 o'clock at night. So we go to Friday's. Who is the bartender? <laughs> but the kid I threw off the field. Oh, I was so embarrassed. Oh, I, I felt so small. But I learned. I learned not to do that again. And yeah. I've gotten that mad yeah. about certain guys. You know, uh, every personality is different. And I, you know, I was a little bit different. In, and if you read all your leadership books, a lot of them will tell you to never confront a serious problem in front of other people. I don't believe that. I learned in broadcasting, sitting in locker rooms around the league and everything else, and I've all sort of believed this. Your players in the locker room tend to think the only guy that gets chewed out and reprimanded for making a mistake is the second stringer or not Mm -hmm. the superstar. And I've always felt that everybody feels, has to feel they're all going to be held responsible, regardless of how good you think you are. So I would always attack a problem, not the person. I would attack the problem in front of everybody. I've probably done it too many times. But I think it, 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 it solidifies the locker room. Right. You don't have to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, you're going to get chewed out. But if you are a Hall of Famer, you make the same mistake, you're going to get chewed out, especially if you've done it repeatedly. So you learn these things. Now, the psychiatrists tell you that's the wrong thing to do. And there's probably some guys that received an invitation that won't be cut. Come here this weekend because they were one of them. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Coach, as you go into the Hall of Fame, you will always be St. Louis's football coach because of the circumstances. We don't have a a team anymore. We aren't going to get another team. So you are always going to be St. Louis's football coach. And uh, I want you to know that because you're you're so beloved in our town, and not, it's not just because of the Super Bowl championship and the coaching coaching that helped, yeah, but, yeah, no question. Yeah. but because of the human being that you are and the, the way yeah, you treat people you. and the, the way you treated people in our community. Well, thank you. I was raised so simply in that town of Calasoga by my mom and dad, uh, eighteen hundred people. You know, every parent in that town had the responsibility of helping you grow up. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, yeah, it's a a everybody, right. you were disciplined and reprimanded everywhere you looked around, <laughs> and there were no secrets. If you got sent home from my, which I got kicked out of high school one day, and when you were sent home, you know, the principal called your dad, and that was worse than getting kicked out of high school. I, I need to know what Dick Vermeil did to get kicked out of high school. Oh, I cut school; it snowed on Mount St. Lena, and I had a. 36 Ford Coupe I paid $15 for, and I loaded it up. It was only a three-passenger. We put about five people, and we went in the snow. And they followed me. I was the guy that had the car. <laughs> so they kicked me out of school for a day. Oh, and I, I would have been better off staying in school. <laughs> hey, we can't wait for tomorrow. We're so thrilled for you being a new member of the Pro yeah. Football Hall of Fame. And can't thank you enough for stopping by. We yeah, appreciate thank it. you. Always great to be with you. It's always been fun. Great yeah. respect. Thank Love you. It. Love you, thank Coach. You. Thank you. That is Coach Dick Vermeil. He will be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame tomorrow. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The College Football Playoff Committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the College Football Playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the College Football Playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. 
and Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey, hon, what you doing with your fun? Do flowers have best friends? I don't know. Hey, look. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.